Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a flexible, well-paid career, as well as employers who champion diversity and gender equality. In today's session, we are talking about how you can take your own initiative to support mums in the workplace. I'm delighted to be joined by Leanne Allen, a director at KPMG. Leanne took the liberty of setting up an informal superwoman's network at KPMG following her own experience of being a mum and looking for peer support around her. Leanne, welcome to the show. Hi, Heather. Hi, everyone. It's great to be on the show. It's absolutely fantastic to have you here. And I love the name Superwoman, of course, because it's so closely aligned with Supermum. <laughs> I think uh, we're obviously quite on the same page. Like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, every woman and mum is absolutely super. So it's nice that both of us are so excited about how do we inspire and lift up other people around us and what do we put into place. So I'm really excited about interviewing you today and learning about, you know, what drove you to set up the Superwoman's Network from your own experience and how you're now helping other women around you because ultimately it'd be amazing to see superwoman networks popping up in other companies you know maybe they won't have the same name but the, the general principle that you see your peers around you and you're thinking well actually we need to do support mums then why not create something and create that space so Let's jump back, Leanne, to where did this all begin? Like, where, what motivated you to set up the Superwoman's Network? If you just tell us a little bit about your background to start with, that would be great. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So I actually will jump back a little bit before that even, when I was actually a senior manager within FS Technology Consulting. And in my personal life, I was recently married. I was thinking about starting a family. And it's really that that was the real first point in my career, and majority of my career has been in consulting anyway, where I actually started questioning whether the consulting and working in the financial services sector actually would work for a working mother. I've always been incredibly ambitious, and I say it really was that point when I, was, I had a little bit of a wobble, and I wasn't quite sure whether I should stay or go into industry. Um, I had a couple of offers on the table. Mm-hmm. And through my connections in industry, they, some of them were actually fueling some of my concerns going, oh, they're trying to pull me into industry. However, I, I then obviously spoke to one of the partners uh, you know, about my possible resignation. And obviously at that point, he rapidly set up some meetings with female partners in KPMG who I wasn't aware of because there wasn't um, any female leaders in my direct area of technology consulting at the time. Mm. So he got me in contact with those rapidly literally within 24 hours and those females did have young children so I had those meetings and we discussed how they've made it work and it was really that that moment that was a real eye-opener for me of really what the art of the possible was and obviously I decided to stay um, at KPMG in a role which obviously I love so what I think the point here is really is that it was actually my own internal concerns um, and my own limiting beliefs rather than actually the reality. And it really was when I started speaking to those other senior women in partnership positions with children that all of a sudden it squashed those limited beliefs. 
Fantastic. So I'm looking forward to hearing about what they said to you, because I think that is the underlying concern, worry that everybody thinks, well, can I have a demanding job? Can I still operate in a, a director role as a mum? And how does that work? So so where did that lead you next? You know, how did you change your job and your life? So it really was then I, I did go off to, to have my first daughter. There was a point when I returned from maternity after I would say, having my first daughter, and as I mentioned earlier, there were no female partners or female directors even um, in my team at the time. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really a role model directly in the business area which work that could discuss my career progression. Um, and I still had in the back of my mind you know, the people I had spoken to who were outside of the team who had given me the advice and explained how they've made it work and actually they had three children um, to manage so it made it even more achievable when I just had my one at the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so so really it was that point where I thought to myself well you know I need to set something up here I need to find a network I need to build on that connection that I had um, originally outside of the team uh, and then I did know there were some other uh, working mothers. They were more junior grades. They they were new mums as well. So I spoke to the partner again outside of the team and said, you know, I really want to set up just a network, something we can all get together and share our thoughts, our concerns, support each other, um, and how we progress at KPMG and in continuing consulting world. And I asked them if they'd be the sponsor as a partner to that network um, and of course they were delighted and absolutely agreed and thought it was a brilliant idea so um, and that's really what the trigger is we literally we reached out through our networks identified initially a smallish number of uh, females that had children and offered them we didn't obviously demand it wasn't mandatory but we did offer it. if you'd like to come along just a, a breakfast meeting we'll see supply um, croissants and coffees and teas um, and we just literally had that and an informal everyone would get to know each other chat where do you work who you are what type of family life do you have in terms of you know children and ages they're at etc and really that's what sparked um you know, the superwoman network that it is today where we we hold regular sessions it's a progressing um, through different points sometimes we get external speakers in sometimes we just have focus sessions where we want to specifically discuss progression and how you get to that next point, um, whether there's coaching available, etc. So it really is, say, that informal support network where you can just be open and honest and get the advice and guidance or suggestions from other, other people, other women, um, and across other areas of the business. Fantastic. So you set up the peer support because you wanted to kind of get that ongoing inspiration and mentorship if you like and connect with other people who kind of had similar ambitions to you so since you've been through that journey what do you do now in the tech sector and and have have you actually physically changed how you work since being a mum yeah so um so when I returned first time around again I can tell you another story there's different ways of working and I actually took on a a seconded role which was an internal role so rather than being client facing for a little while and that was more again my my nervousness about the the, the travel that might be involved uh, being on client sites so it just gave me a permanent base it was an incredibly challenging role still but it was the first role called a, a people leader so I was managing over 100 people in the team and uh, sort of communications of a large change that was happening in the operating model at the time within the organization so it gave me great exposure to senior leaders as well but, but that helped me uh, personally on first time of returning to really settle back in 
But then I went off on maternity for a second time and had my second daughter. And really, my heart's always been in consulting. It's the job I love. I love solving uh, challenging problems for my clients and you know, really helping them transform um, back office systems. You know, really drive forward into cloud technology. So really, that's where my heart was. So on return um, from my second maternity, I only took a shortened maternity. I took six months off. And I was adamant at that point that I wanted to progress my career um, and get promoted into director. So uh, as I started to return second time around, I was in discussions with the partners. And I was offered to lead uh, my data practice itself uh, within FS Technology Consulting. Um, the team had actually, whilst I'd been off from maternity, had shrunk. There was a little bit of, um, I guess, morale challenges, should we say, at, at that particular time. And the mm -hmm. team had shrunk a bit while I was away. So they were very much in need of a clear and fresh strategy and drive. So I came back in and took on that responsibility to grow that team uh, and drive it in the right direction. Um, and I was actually promoted to director six months later. So, and I've been operating now as a director in the organization for three years. And I've obviously now got my sights firmly on partnership within the firm. So, um, you know, the team has been successful. In terms of how I've managed my own time, I've chosen to have a flexible arrangement. I work one day from home. I actually live quite far away from my offices around London, but I, I work quite far away. Um, so I live quite far away because I live in Brighton. So I, there is a long commute involved as well. Uh, but I work one day from home. That works for me. I, I start early, so I get up incredibly early and start my day in London early. But that gives me the flexibility to leave earlier so I can get home and, and see my children for bedtime routines. And that works for me. And it is a very personal thing, so you need to find what what you're comfortable with within your own your own self. So I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm a morning person, luckily, so I'm okay getting up incredibly early at five in the morning and travelling to London to start my day. Actually, I find it very effective for me. I I, I don't then have the guilt um, about leaving say at four thirty five o'clock to get home on time so I can see the children in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And then just to give me that break, say one day at home really does help reset the batteries as well from, um, so you don't get too tired with the early mornings all the time. Do you have help at home alongside that? Um, we didn't for a while, but over the last year, then uh, yes, we have now been in the position that we can get a wraparound care nanny as well. So three days a week, uh, a nanny comes in in the morning, gets the children ready for school, uh, takes them to school, and then uh, picks them up and then stays with them until I'm home from work or one of us is home from work and the, reason, the only reason for that is because we now both work in London and the same is still Brighton based whereas yeah. previously I, I was in a fortunate position that although I worked in London my husband worked more locally in Brighton um, previously so we didn't require that, that wraparound care yeah well that's it you've made it work in a way that you're getting home and seeing them at night and the whole rush and mad panic of getting out of the house in the morning <laughs> it's always exactly, exactly. It's like, I'm sure and, and for me it's so the mornings are, are, are bliss almost because getting up really early and getting out of the house you're not you don't have your heartstrings pulled you don't have your children aren't well mine aren't um, up at that time so um, I'm quite fortunate in that case as well, that they're not early risers, uh, but they're not up at that time. So they, they don't see me and then they don't go, oh, you know, it's not the whole mummy, 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 don't go to work, don't do this. Don't do so actually, I can just get myself ready and get out of the house. It's making it the norm. So they, they don't see it as, you know, missing you if it's kind of more routine. It is. And, and I think that you're absolutely right. It is about that routine that really helps. Um, 
my eldest daughter is now six and a half, so she's at school now. She's in year two. And it, it does, challenges change, don't they? When they're very young, you've got one challenge. They were at nursery. Actually, in hindsight, nursery is very easy. <laughs> and then they go to school, and then you've got a whole, whole uh, different um, juggling act to to manage with school holidays and school plays and new parent consultations and everything everything else that comes along that requires parents to be involved but you you have to change and it's all about flexibility and it's about that level of trust and that you have with the organization and focusing on as long as you're delivering then it does not matter where you're physically located or if you need to blend your hours your working hours that is around your your life effectively so let's talk about flexibility for a bit so you mentioned obviously you've you've achieved a, a level of flexibility that you feel is a right balance for you but you mentioned that different team members in your team have got different setups in terms of flexibility that's more of an informal relationship now what does that look like what kind of are they doing consultancy client facing jobs as well or are they do more internal roles can you give us just a perspective of the types of different flexibility that you think exists within this sector yeah absolutely I mean gosh there's there is a vast array and it does stem from your traditional part-time working hours. So um, typically in, in my team, we're all client-facing, uh, in the consultancy part of the business. So even with client-facing teams, we I have team members, um, females who are, again, working mothers. I've actually got a, a female who's not a working mother. She just chooses to work four days a week and it's part-time to pursue other other life interests. But say for those working mothers, I, I typically see a, a three or four day working week being adopted outside of the the more formal arrangements of part-time then um, absolutely we have people sim- doing a similar pattern to myself that are working a, a, a day a week from home if they're full-time workers even if they're part-time workers sometimes they work one day from home if you're you don't have any client meetings that day then actually we don't even mind anyone whether they're working mothers or not they're working from home if it all comes back down to trust and uh, communication and visibility so visibility, I mean visibility online, not necessarily visibility in presence, um, in person. So it's always about outcome driven. So if something you, if an individual came to me, for example, and said, actually, I would like to adopt a late starting because I want to always do the drop offs in the mornings and then come into the office, would be a problem. Again, just make it known. Um, and remind people, um, absolutely remind people, just because you told them once, please don't think people <laughs> are going to expect you to remember every single person's individual uh, preferred ways of working. It, it takes time to embed that understanding. So do forgive people if they forget that that's your day working from home or that's your, or, you know, that's the day you're taking the children to school. Yeah, so it's absolutely... <laughs> I'm like, can we write it? Like I told you, I'm like, I know you did, but <laughs> I'm going to forget. So again, it's just constant uh, reminding people. So if you are, put it on your out of office. If you work in a different location, if it's your formal days off, some of the best uh, tips are putting it at, at the end of your email signature. Mm-hmm. As an example, just to remind people that it's your non-working days. That type of thing. Absolutely. It's very flexible. But then again, if people want to blend their hours and they want to go home do the pickup, so even partway through the days, we all know pickups tend to be around the three fifteen mark, and then continue working. That that's worked as well. Mm, Seen people successfully achieve that, but it's all about setting the expectations up front and communicating. No, that's fantastic to see such an array and that being acceptable. So the bit just focusing a little bit more on that informal because we have a lot of mums they talk to companies and it's 
the formal approach is that it's not that flexible and I think they're scared about asking for flexibility or if they're in a job already yeah they're just scared about asking for it they don't think it's accepted and so I love the fact that you've you've seen the experience that flexibility has has driven performance and people are living that work-life balance that they need and want and that's you know achieving what you need particularly within a corporate consultancy environment which you know I can imagine is very they're very sort of with an oppression environment like a corporate you you all have to sing the same song and you all have to work in the same way and obviously got very large credible clients so if a if a mum sort of sat in a job or pitching for a job opportunity how should they broach flexibility do you think in order for the employer to go yes absolutely you know let's see if that works in terms of an interview or I mean either if they're I an think, interview yeah. broaching it or already in an organization and wanting to break wanting to change their ways of working yeah there is absolutely two different approaches so do you think they should mention it during interview or leave it until they actually get into the job to see if they can then shape the role to them what way around would you suggest yeah I, I mean I, I do order equipment for for our teams and when I am interviewing females that they have mentioned it to me in an interview. They've said, actually, I'm looking to work part-time four days a week. Would that be a problem? And actually, I've been really pleased that they've been open at that point. Um, and I can absolutely give them the um, assurance there and then absolutely that's not a problem. Um, but that's usually, say, for the formal ones. In terms of the um, the informal, I don't think anyone's really mentioned it in an interview to me. But again, I don't think I, I personally wouldn't mind. I think there's a line between it not being the first thing, obviously, you bring to the table um, mm. at the interview stage, because then it could be seen to be very demanding on only focusing on your, your life rather than the role in your work. So there is a balance between at what point you raise it at interview stage. However, when you are in an organization and, and you are working, then uh, typically, if you are going to request something that may be um, a little bit more... Um, should we say unique in in um, informal arrangements? Maybe something that's not just uh, just starting, you know, a half an hour later or an hour later or something like that. But if it is going to be more significant, where you're wanting to work a, a lot more from home or or blending your hours really throughout the day, so you're you know you're leaving partway through the day and logging back on in the evening, then my honest opinion, it again because it, it comes down to trust. You when you come to ask for that, you have to explain how you're going to make that work and how you're going to keep connected and how you're going to communicate. And, and certainly if it's client work, then there needs to be discussion of how we're going to make that work for the client and the role that the individual's in. And then we can have those discussions with the client to, again, um, assure the client that uh, this is outcome-driven and it's really not going to impact the deliverables or the quality of the of the engagement. Makes sense. So just really Absolutely. thinking through rather than just demanding the, the flexible working. It's like, well, this is what it's going to mean. This is how I'm going to operate. This is how I'm going to make it successful. Yeah. No, really good tips there. That's great. Thank you. And so jumping back to like the Superwoman's Network, what have you seen as the outcomes of the network? And as I say, it's really inspirational that you're kind of getting everybody together for these different events and having the opportunity to speak or learn or connect with other people in a similar space. What have been the key outcomes from that? And if some of the listeners, if they're wanting to set up something similar, what would be your your tips for setting up a similar network? So the first part around the outcomes, for me, the, the being informal was key. And I think it's what's made it very successful um, because 
women have shared their experiences and personally for me that's been the, the biggest gain from the network is seeing how others are doing it and as I mentioned before as your children grow the challenges change mm. so it's not about us hearing something once about how you manage just returning from work it's then um, you know, how you manage school how do you manage the school holidays how are you managing sharing your time in that capacity and then I know not there yet because my, my children are still very very young but hearing already some of, say, some of the partners or senior leaders who have got slightly older children and how they're managing the exams and how they're managing um, the teenage years should I say and then even those that have got children that are starting to go to university so it, it changes at every point and you're speaking to to these leaders and having them being very open and candid about the struggles firstly makes it real that yeah. you're not alone that actually there are partners in the firm you know there are senior people in the firm who who have been through this and mm. they haven't just found it a breeze either but they've made it work and if they've made it work so can you I think it's that bridge between work and life that the two the two do overlap how you are at work and your emotional state will depend to some degree on you can't just shut a door and pretend it's not there I think it's really enlightening to hear senior professionals within that workplace are sharing their stories with colleagues around them because it makes you human doesn't it yeah and uh, one of the funniest comments I think one of the senior very senior female partner said to me once when I was speaking to her about the superwoman network and I, I got her to come along to share some of her experiences. And her first uh, phrase was, I'm not sure I'm feeling so super woman, just probably more super tired women right now, <laughs> was her comment. And it was just so, it was just so real and so fresh, refreshing actually to hear that. And it's like, yes, it is exhausting. Um, let's not sugarcoat this. It's really tiring being, certainly if you say a full-time working mother, I'm sure it's tiring being part-time, but I've not done that. But being a full-time working mother in a challenging the consulting career is tiring but it's also very fulfilling uh, because it's the career that you've always had ambition and aspirations to do uh, and progress in and obviously you want to do well in your family life as well um, and be a good mum so it is challenging um, and it is tiring yeah yeah absolutely um yeah no that's fantastic and so if women want to set up a similar network what you know? What steps should they take? You know, how did you mobilise it and kind of keep it going without it being an extra burden on top of everything else that you do? Like, how have you managed yeah. to sort of maintain it? So the, the first step, was, what I mentioned right at the start, was uh, I found the partner that uh, had a family and, and someone to help sponsor it. Someone to say, yes, this sounds like a good idea. And then it was reaching out to the network to say, let's just have that first informal meeting. And I made it a forum for the people right so it's not just this is my forum this is what I want this is I'd like to set up this forum this is personally what I'd love to get out of it let's hear from you other women what would you like to get out of it so every time we now run um, actually them sessions only quarterly that way we can have some bigger bigger events but I'm always I'm always putting it out to to the group now we have a distribution list set up uh, was it they would like next uh, and give them some suggestions um, yeah. and that way it's really going to inspire people to want to come along because actually it's come from them in the first place and that that really helps drive it and keep it going and the other the other angle is is formulating a, a smaller say, group that can help run and maintain and plan and help you prep and if it is an external speaker do all the coordinations for yeah. those 
um, do the invites to get sent out, etc. So having a little mini squad team to help with the administration tasks associated with the network absolutely is key. So it's not all just a burden on yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you all have your roles. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I think what was important is initially when I set it up, we were running their monthly, these sessions, and that worked great initially. But then as we progressed and the, the team size, I say it's about 100 in the network, not 100, obviously people come every single time because people from various different parts of the country on different jobs, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, but we typically have around uh, 20 to 25 that will turn up each time. So, right. so now we, we've dropped it back to just quarterly because that way we're – uh, more will come to each of those sessions rather than oh I, I could make this month or oh, maybe I'll try next month. And uh, interesting, yeah, yeah. So you think more frequent because you know it's it's helping people regularly, but then there's not necessarily the same level of intention to come each time. So yeah. that's interesting. So how many are you getting at the quarterly sessions now? So, so it typically tends to be around say the uh, twenty-five-ish, sometimes more depending. So sometimes when we've had external speakers, obviously the numbers have been. We've had to make sure we're using our much bigger forums or cascades there, as we call them, which is like a lecture mm. theatre style forums for those because a lot of people come to those. And, and we're not, um, you know, we will open that up and sometimes um, some men will come along. We're not, we're not exclusively women if, if working fathers want to attend as well. And um, sometimes, as say, with their fo- smaller focus sessions that we're setting up, then again, you'll have fewer, but purposely fewer because you actually want to really focus on what actions we can drive to improve um, you know, a, a particular aspect within the organisation. So we're always trying to help the business as well as help ourselves. Okay, fantastic. So you're shaping and feeding back ideas yeah, or absolutely. opportunities. Great, great. Brilliant. Okay, well, some really good top tips there. Thank you so much. I think it's really interesting to you know, delve into, you know, flexibility and what that looks like within, you know, corporates and within the consultancy environment as well. And it is just really about, you know, trying to make it work. And I I strongly believe that if you're right for that job, and it goes back to that point you made around in interviews, selling yourself well about why you're right for the job is ultimately the most important thing, I would imagine, because if they really want you, then they're going to be hiring you. And, will accommodate for flexibility because they want you so much absolutely and I think I've really seen that come to light where I'm really inspired by companies that choose to hire people that are on maternity leave they're just about to have their baby and they hire them then and there because they're like look we want you when you're ready when you want to come back and we'll give you that flexibility but we really want your skills so yeah thank you for just really kind of yeah emphasizing those points because that flexibility is definitely something to be raising and asking and not to kind of put to the back seat but I think women are ambitious and I think it's valuable to think well actually how can I have a career that supports your career ambitions fulfills you like you say you love being out on site and helping clients and you know progressing into leadership roles without having to compromise on things yep absolutely so thank you for being um, an inspirational speaker That's today my pleasure. <laughs> it's absolutely pleasure. been great talking to you great to have such role models and role models that really go out and inspire other people through these networks so for everyone listening today 
hopefully that's inspired you to think about how you can set up your own women's network in your own company or how you can pursue the flexibility that you're looking for in your career as well so bye for now please do tune in to our next show to gain some more top tips for developing your career in the tech sector thanks leanne take care everyone thanks for having me thanks so much thank Heather. You. thanks everyone take care bye bye